0: Hi friends, I'm Gwen. And I'm Jacqueline. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where friends
1: get together and talk about books. It's Monday, and that means it's time for another episode of Talk Bookish to Me, a bi-weekly podcast where two friends sit down and chat about the bookish topics you want to hear, offering recommendations and tips and tricks to make your reading journey easier. This episode is the last one of season one. Season two will begin next Monday
0: on January the 4th. That's right, we'll be back next Monday to kick off season two of Talk Bookish to Me. We have so many exciting things planned for the new year, so consider sticking around by subscribing or favoriting the podcast to stay up to date on everything we have in store. Today's episode is pretty epic. We're going to share our favorite and least favorite books of the
1: year. We also shared a bunch of different best books of the year on our Instagram for different lists. Of course, we'll throw in some reading stats for you as well, but we are recording today's episode early. So it's not quite the end of the year yet. Um, So maybe we will still read something amazing between the time we're recording this and the end of the year Um, If that happens, something blows our socks off, we'll chat about those in our next episode. So let's go ahead and share what we're currently reading and if you have anything else lined up to finish before the new year.
0: So I am currently reading Know My Name by Chanel Miller, which is a... Nonfiction. It's a memoir, and this is about a girl who was sexually assaulted and had to go through months of trial, shame, humiliation. Like people bashing just her character. Like even though he was literally caught, like raping her, they still had to go through all this stuff to like find out whether he was guilty or not. And so I'm currently, I think I'm halfway through. So I haven't, like, I don't know the whole verdict. Um, yeah. I think um, what I've seen before is that there was actually like this article that she had posted that like went viral. And that's why she did decide to write the book. Um, just because I don't know, it reminds me a lot of the night swim. Cause I know we were talking about that before on this podcast and I am just blown away. I'm, I'm listening to it and reading it. And with being halfway, I am just so, I don't know, I guess like shocked that so many women, have to go through this, that people think that this is something that's normal or it's the women's, the woman's fault. She tells the story about her walking on the sidewalk and how she loved walking to like school or her job and how people would like cat call her or maybe like weirdly follow her or stop on the side of the road and like ask her weird things. And her boyfriend at the time was like, well, you just need to like get a lift. And she was like, no, I have the right to walk. I should not have to go and do something else because these people can't control themselves and act like normal human beings and so it is a very powerful book and I am enjoying it
1: yeah I briefly heard about it I would love to read it after you read it it just sounds Mm -hmm. like it's just going to be very like jaw-dropping at the same Mm -hmm. time because like such a sensitive topic obviously but like a very important one as well and it's something that you just want like every woman every man every human to read mm-hmm. this book to realize like the things that happen and could happen and shouldn't happen and all of that yeah what about you what are you currently i reading? am currently reading my last book on my official end of the year tbr which is this time next year by sophie cousins and um it's not like a five stars like i'm not feeling that i'm about an mm-hmm. hour away from completing it um, and there are some really cute like underlying messages, themes and stuff like that I don't know like it's just it's not gripping me, it's like at certain points I'm like oh my gosh this could be a five stars but I'm like but all this other stuff that I'm just dragging my feet through I'm like why? Yeah. So I mean it has cute moments, it has like not like you're just kind of like reading to progress through the book um, mm-hmm. but it is different than I thought it was going to be going in, the premises like two people born on the same day um, one was that prized first baby of the year had their picture in the paper got the prize money and all of that and oh, the right. other one didn't and one would that person was supposed to be the lucky one and the other one it wasn't really so much that um, mm. there is a little bit of time jumping around kind of like past and present one of the things that it says on the cover of the book is like 10 meetings or something like they met each other 10 times but they didn't really know it I didn't really know what that meant and how it's handled is like really kind of cool in the book but at the same time I'm like it I feel like the synopsis and like all the marketing kind of like led me astray a little bit yeah um so it's different don't you than that.
0: hate that when like a synopsis <laughs> it's like you're reading the book because the synopsis is really what draws you in but then when you're reading the book you find out that like the synopsis was like the first three sentences of the book and then the <laughs> rest of the book is like right. nothing like that. And
1: so I mean it has and, and it kind of reminds me of Ghosts in a way how mm-hmm. Ghosts just had a lot too going much. on. Yeah. Like it wasn't a bad book it just it tried to tackle too much in one short book and I feel like this is what's happening in this one. It's end of, She could have picked the author could have mm-hmm. picked one of these and like really run with it and done it really well because it's not like her writing like sucks. It's yeah. just that she she's really trying to tackle too much. And like, I get that like life is complicated and family is complicated and relationships are complicated, but like, don't throw it all at me at once. Like, and then you have like, you know, there's other things going on. It's just layer after layer after layer after layer. And you're like, where are we going next? (laughs) Um, And it also tackles like the friendship issue too. And like, it's just a lot going on. So but I'll be finished with that today. And then I still have like, like a few days left before the end of the year that I could like squeeze something in. Yeah. And I've got some really good books for from Christmas for like people in my book club. And I'm just Oh, I mean, they've been on my wish list for a while. Like these are books that I'm really excited for. So when I got them, I was like, Oh, I want to read it before the end of the year. So that's why I said, (laughs) if something like pops up that's not on this list that might be on this list, like, I'll just talk about it in our next episode. But yeah, anyway, I thought that we could like share some stats.
0: Okay, yeah, let's start with stats. So how many books have you read so far this year? 143. That's amazing. Like it, it's funny though because like in our last episode I think is the one that we were talking about goals yes, and you yes. were like yeah I only set my goal for like 50 and so here I thought that you were gonna have like I don't know 60, 60 or bucks. something on and it's really like 143 and I was like I dang, honestly
1: no. had no idea I went to go you know I was like getting my thoughts together for today's episode and I knew we were going to do stats and I was like how many books have I read this year and I was like I think this has been my best year. I mean some of those are like poetry collections and I Mm -hmm. have read like maybe a few I'm trying to think like a couple of uh, graphic novels but like December really put me over the edge because Mm -hmm. I read 11 books in 11 days. So 11 of those are like the first days of December. I've just like knocked out a bunch. So I'm really impressed with myself. How many have you read?
0: Um, So I read currently at the moment, it's at 93, but I didn't count the book that I'm halfway through. And then I still have two more that I would really like to get to by the end of the year, maybe three. I don't know. Cause like, you know, Colleen Hoover has Layla and I, and I didn't have that on my TBR, but I did get it, um, as a gift. And so now I'm like, oh, do I put that in with like 2020 do stuff? Do I make it the first book that I read in 2021? Cause I think I did oh, that, that would be when Verity came out. I think Verity was my first book of, what would that have been? 2019? yeah I I think think maybe was that when it came out I don't remember I think um yeah so or was that last year it came out I was that last Christmas I don't know we'll have to look that up later I guess (laughs) but yeah so um I I don't think though I'm gonna be able to hit my goal of 100 because my goal is 100 and that is you might you might yeah I might but I was looking back because like I I have some plans and going away and traveling and stuff so I don't know but I was looking back at my stats and yeah, November was like not a great reading m- month for me. I think right. October, was it October and November? I think I only read like five books in one and then two books in the other. So that's kind of how I like fell behind. But I mean, it's fine. Like, yeah, life I mean, happens. I still read, you know, 93 books or I mean, that's amazing. What's your average rating?
1: <laughs> so surprisingly, I think this is the year that I had the highest rating ever for my average that's good I usually um have an average of 3.5 that's my usual thing this yeah. year 3.8 wow which is crazy yeah. considering I read that's really 143 hot. books like yeah. that's almost that's a four star because I
0: don't do half stars that yeah. means I have read a crap ton of really amazing good books. books this year yeah mine is a 3.5 and that is not a surprise to me I have continually be been a 3.5 every single year and I am not shocked by that because I am very hard with books <laughs> and so I don't hardly have like we'll talk about this later in our like favorites and not favorites but like my favorites are just so clear in my mind and I think yeah. it's because I am very sparing with my rating like a book has to like blow me away and so yeah everyone is always shocked. They're like, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you only have a 3.5. And I'm like,
1: "Eh, Yeah, I mean, that's really good. And you know what, like mentioning that I had a really hard time with my best books of the year, usually Mm -hmm. in years past uh, 2019. And like before I it was very clear in my mind, like, Mm -hmm. of course, I'd have like, maybe two or three that I was like, Oh, my gosh, which one's number one, which one's number two, which one's number three. But like, I knew the moment I finished that book Mm -hmm. this is going to be one of my best books of the year like it's going to be a favorite the entire year there was one book kind of like that but it still was like lower down on my list Mm um because I read it in January but I didn't have any like magical books this year and I don't know if I want to blame 2020 for that or if I just want to but then my rating doesn't reflect that so I think going into 2021 I am gonna be a little bit more harsh with my ratings so that it does become very clear to me because some of the books that stick out as my favorites aren't five-star reads which is so shocking like i loved the night swim great book but Mm. i rated it four stars i loved home before dark by riley sager but I rated it four stars
0: that one you're wrong about (laughs) I'm just kidding I'm kidding
1: but so it's weird to me that these books that I rated four stars are like ones that I'm actually remembering more and have Mm -hmm. more of like a feeling about so I don't know just this whole rating system is just so hard sometimes I feel like yeah
0: well speaking of the rating system that's actually a video that I wanted to put out in 2020 and I just kept I guess I just forgot and also put it off when I did remember but I really wanted to make a video about what the star ratings mean to me because Mm -hmm. I do think that everybody's star rating means something different and so and I know that I think I have more of a negative connotation with like three stars and and like lower like if i see people rate something a three star i'm like ew i'm never picking that up that was a bad rating when at when like you know actually in other people's minds like a three star is like yeah that was a good book you know i mean not mind yeah. blowing but like good and i'm like no three star is bad to me so <laughs> yeah,
1: kinda, i feel you because like i feel that same way like three stars i'm like ooh, do i re- waste my time on that right because i would almost rather hate something mm-hmm. or love something than kind of be meh about it and that's Back yeah. to what I said about ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think sometimes I rate it that way where it's kind of like it had good parts, it had bad parts, it gets a three. But sometimes I rate three stars like I personally didn't enjoy it, but I can appreciate it as like what it tried to do. And Mm -hmm. I think other people would enjoy it. So I just think it's all like mixed in my head. And of course, my emotions were all over the place this year. So I think it was just like a really weird year. Um, And I did way back when I first started my channel. So like, quite a while ago I did do one of those like what the star rating system means to me but mm-hmm. I think it has shifted and
0: changed so like, you can make an updated years, one so. I'll have to watch that old one I don't think I've ever oh, seen that oh don't <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll, just, I'll do a newer one yeah okay well I mean <laughs> I'm excited to see the new one if you do do it and like yeah. I was keeping track of my stat star ratings and yeah like three I had like the most three star ratings so I just read like a lot of like mediocre books which is sad <laughs> yeah, so what genre did you read the most of this oh, year? Oh, so this was so surprising to me, um, and I haven't actually counted up all of the things that I read in um December yet, uh, but from what I've counted, okay, romance, I've actually read more, but I think it's because I divide thriller and horror separately. So if I would put those together, technically thriller slash horror would be my top genre. But if I don't put those together, then I think romance is my top genre by like just a couple, by like three or four. But like that blows my mind because I feel like on my channel, I I mean, I do always say I'm like, I like thrillers and I like romance. But I feel like when I'm reading romances, I... I'm always like, ew, I don't like romances as much as I think that I do. And I think even though I read a lot of romances, I don't think I have very many high star ratings for those. <laughs> I think I'm just, I'm always trying to read romance and I'm always yeah. disappointed in it. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I read my most read genre is contemporary, but it's mm-hmm. almost like contemporary romance. I always okay. have a hard time because I do try throughout the year to divide was this contemporary or was this romance but pretty yeah. much every contemporary I is, read is romance. Yeah so, I don't even think so I basically I the same thing but by that. my number one like if you ask me what's your favorite genre to read like without mm. a doubt it would be thriller yeah so I mine think too. like it was huge and I also do separate thriller and horror as well yeah. um, but then if I look at like the contemporary because I also have it separated for contemporary and romance which why do I have it separated? I don't really know, but I do. And I'm like, oh, so it would still be romance being the winner. So that's just crazy. To that me. is yeah, crazy. Like, well, but I also did read and I didn't um, tabulate any of my December stats in there. This is mm-hmm. just like November and before but yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah, I was also surprised by like how many nonfiction books I read this year. And I know that there's Yeah, there's gonna be even more stats from December. But like, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, like, Oh, yeah, do you read nonfiction? I would have been like, Yeah, I think I read like, you know, two or three nonfiction books a year, you know, out of my 100. But no, I actually read a decent amount and like I think even in one of the months that I calculated I think I read like 6 nonfiction books I was like what (laughs) that's awesome yeah so okay I think I know the answer to this one you might know my answer but did you reread any books this year yes I did
1: how many I read
0: 20 Oh my 20, gosh, let me throw up right now.
1: <laughs> 20 rereads. Um, wow. Which is, I think, my highest of any year that I can remember. Um, what was your favorite reread? Oh, um, after I do by Taylor Jenkins Read. Okay, that's the one you I mean, read every New Year's. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's the first week I usually read. Um, I just, I don't know, there's something about it that's just, it proves that you don't have to have this fairy tale. Mm hmm you know, relationship for it to be awesome. And it just, I feel like it's such a good reminder to start off the beginning of the year. And I just love it. And, it, oh, and I've had people read it this month that, that they're talking to me about it and then I'm tearing up about it. It's like a whole thing, but yeah, 20 rereads. Now, some of those did come, um, like The Toll by Neil Schusterman released this year. So I went back mm. and I reread Scythe and Thunderhead to read Toll. Um, I reread A Girl of Fire and Thorns, then read the second and third book. Um, okay. I'm not usually a huge series reader for this exact reason. If there's a span of time between, you know, the first book when I read it and the second, then I feel like I have to go back and kind of refresh myself. That's also why I never did get to the second and third books in the Car of All series, mm-hmm. because... I was like, I have to go back and re-carve all to continue in the series. And I just, thought oh, I don't have the time for that now.
0: But yeah, 20 rereads is huge. That is huge. I only reread one and that's because I had to, because it was for a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I guess I didn't like hate every second of it. I did pick a nonfiction book. It's about like relationships and stuff. So, I mean, it was like a refresher, you know, it was fine. But I do not like rereading books. And so, yeah, it would have been zero if I didn't have to like complete that challenge.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it usually, I I don't know. I think there was just something about this year that I was like, I'm gonna do some rereads. And like, that's more than one a month. That's almost two a month you know, like averaged out. Yeah, Yeah, it is crazy. Now let's talk about some DNFs, girl. We always talk about our DNFs because I think it's a great way to get you to those higher numbers of Mm read books. You're not wasting your time on something that you're you're not enjoying. Mm -hmm. And even though we are huge proponents of DNFs, I reread 20. That's I could have read 20 you know new books Mm -hmm. so how many dnfs did you have this year
0: so on goodreads because i do have a separate shelf that's exclusive that i can like just move them over so they don't count towards my like 2020 reading stats or whatever. I have nine on that shelf. So I I think it is nine. I don't think that there's any that I didn't move over. I don't know, it could be like maybe 10. But I think it's nine.
1: I have 12. But I know for certain that it's higher than that number because Mm -hmm. I also made a separate DNF shelf on Goodreads. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes like when I start a book, I won't immediately log that I'm reading it into Goodreads. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll wait until I go to put my first update in or whatever like that. And yeah. but for these cases, I didn't even have to because I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm not reading this book anymore. Sometimes I would get like a 100 pages in. And then it'd be like, ugh, no. So I know it's more than 12.
0: But at least 12. I know mine could have been a lot larger if I wasn't completing those challenges because I think that is why like I had a lot of kind of like mediocre type books this year because I was doing a lot of like challenges in my book club and like their team challenges so you like you know you need to get stuff done you don't want to like dnf you want to finish it out um and so if it would have been just me reading without like a team or a challenge i would have totally probably dnf'd some of those and like not felt guilty about it because like i said like even if i finish it and it's a two or three star like I would have much rather dnf'd it <laughs> i almost
1: felt like i mean yeah definitely um outlander dragonfly and M- amber yeah. i would have dnf'd both well i wouldn't have picked up right know, one of those <laughs> let's be honest but if i would have by some crazy coincidence i would have dnf'd both of them because yeah. but obviously i pushed through for a book club challenge which was super fun and i'll have fond memories of the event not so much the books but yeah. this was the first year with a bullet journal so So I followed your 2020 stat spread and that really helped me keep track of stuff month to month. Um, However, I did make some notes like at the bottom, I'm glad I had like a little space there because throughout the year, like, especially with the genres, I was like, I don't have a graphic novels column to add,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: so I was like, Oh, I need to add that next year or poetry or classics, because even though classics fall under like contemporary or horror or stuff like that, I specifically do want to focus on classics, I want to read like six classics in the new year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I want a separate tat, like a separate place to you know, track those. So I realized I don't really need sections for like readathons I participate in, but I do need more like under my genres category. I usually do individual spreads for like special events anyway, so I don't think I need those. Um, But yeah, that really helped that 2020 stat spread
0: yeah that I actually originally got from Gabby over at Gabby Reads and so last year was the first year I was using it and then I did change some things this year also which I did get rid of the readathons because I just really I don't participate in many of them and even though I do want to participate in one or two again that are on BookTube like I don't necessarily like care to write it down like that's not important to me. I did add some things throughout the year so like I hadn't read any graphic novels before that and then when I started reading them I had added that to the stats so I did like add things that I didn't. But I am very excited because for this new year I added like stats for how many books I read from like the library or NetGalley or listened to on Scribd. So I'm really excited to see the end of the next year, you know, like, oh, you're gonna have so many from the library. Oh, I am. And like, it is really great. Because um, I mean, I do have a really good library system. And I know not everyone has that. um, But I do save a lot of money, like not buying a whole bunch of books and reading a lot from the library or Scribd or NetGalley or whatever. And I really want to see how many books I did get from those things because I want to figure out the cost of how much i saved like that'd be really cool to be like hey i think i think cindy from read with cindy did that i think she calculated like she read like a hundred some books and she calculated like the base price of all of them and she was like yeah i saved like four thousand dollars or something like that it was yeah, crazy that's crazy i know you did have that challenge for yourself at the beginning
1: of 2020 where mm-hmm. you said you didn't want to spend any i think it was any money or maybe like i low had money two or... credits
0: yeah okay. i gave myself two credits that i could buy and i think i technically bought three books i think two of them were foster books um that i quickly read and then i think i gave them to somebody else and then I think I bought Art Bones by Colleen Hoover. I think that was the only other book that I bought. So I that's did like amazing. stick with that really well. Yeah. Yay. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's stop procrastinating mm-hmm. and let's share our least favorite books of the year. you going to go first. Okay. I'll
1: start. Okay. I usually don't rank least favorites because they're all bad, <laughs> but my 10 least favorite books of 2020... Um, The Snow Child by Ewan Ivy. It's E-O-W-Y-N. I am totally not even sure how to say that. Yeah, I don't know. My last name is Ivey E-Y. But it's a pretty popular book. I think it won like tons of awards. Mm. Um, it had a really good atmosphere. It was a really slow story though. And mm. I don't know. Anyway, it's this couple living in Alaska in 1920 they have this brutal place like homestead property and it's the story of married couple jack and mabel and they're childless they're kind of drifting apart um there's a lot of work to be done on the farm she's lonely and like kind of just in despair because back in 1920 in alaska there wasn't a lot of like it's not how it is now you know So they were just by themselves on this farm Mm -hmm. in these bleak winters. And, you know, she really wanted a child. They weren't having a child and stuff like that. Um, But then there's this first snowfall of the year. And they playfully, like, go out and build, like, a snowboy, snowgirl type thing. Like, a child out of snow. And the next Mm -hmm. morning, the snow child is gone. But... Um, they glimpse a girl running through the wood. What? So the whole book you're kind of following along, like, is this like a magical realism thing? Like this, you know, snow child came to life. Sounds and awful to thing, me. Or, <laughs> I mean, to me, like, I felt like, okay, this is an award-winning book. It's set in winter. I read it in winter. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all about that infertility story, like, in different right. ways. You know, fiction, nonfiction type thing. Um, but it was just really slow. Next up, The Immortalist by Chloe Benjamin. Another one that I read. I
0: DNF'd that one like a long time, <laughs> two years ago, I think.
1: This one set 1969 in New York City's Lower East Side. Um, word has spread of the arrival of a mystical woman, a traveling psychic who claims to be able to tell anyone the day they will die. The Gold Children, four adolescents on the cusp of self-awareness, sneak out to hear their fortunes. That sounds Wow. So amazing. (laughs) And there were parts of the story that were amazing. So you have the four gold children, um, the very first, so they go, they hear their fortunes and they don't really like, I don't think that it really tells you like, she said, I'm going to die when I'm 23 or like, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's like slowly kind of revealed throughout the story. And then you live through all of the siblings lives to see, what happens did the psychic claim the correct date or whatever or did they like die because of this thing you know like it Uh was just it was a very twisted story but there were like one the very first sibling that we read from and it's told in different siblings so you have like the first sibling the second sibling the third sibling the fourth sibling um the first sibling story loved it it was pretty short it was to the point but it packed a punch and it was really interesting. The next one, whichever the one was with the girl that does like, I don't know, traveling circus type stuff or whatever it was. It was so long and I literally was like, I hope she just dies on the next page because (laughs) I'm ready to move on. So hers was just so drawn out. I would say that her story was more than half of the book. Wow. And then the very last one, The very last um, child was pretty interesting, too. Mm -hmm. But it was just so unbalanced for me. And the parts that I actually liked were the (laughs) least parts of the book. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Next one. It's funny because this one was on a lot of best books of 2020 lists when I was sharing them on Instagram. And every time I was putting it on there, I was laughing so hard mexican gothic by sylvia moreno garcia
0: Mm. that did go like pretty viral there at the end of the year
1: yes i hmm the okay so let me just tell you what it's (laughs) about. so this newlywed cousin is begging for someone to save her she's in this distant house in the mexican countryside she sends a letter to her cousin's Father, and then the father gives it to the cousin, and the cousin is sent away to go check on this cousin. Mm -hmm. And she goes to this house, and it's a gothic horror novel. Which, like I said, I'm new to the new the horror genre, um, and I really did like that aspect of it. And I was definitely able to pull the gothic influences out of the novel and really appreciate them, the atmosphere the vibe the unsettling feeling and all that all of that was like 10 out of 10 would recommend Mm -hmm. but what happened in the story and of course i'm not going to say because it's spoilers but what actually is going on was so dumb so dumb i could not get behind it i'm like no so that's why it's on the worst list (laughs) (laughs) um the next one is i barely remember this one that's how bad it was Head Over Heels by Hannah Ornstein. Mm. And it's a very important story. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel bad, but it's such an important story. But it just missed the mark. So. I actually uh,
0: have her other book on my worst (laughs)
1: list. (laughs) Maybe it's the writing. I don't know. I feel like she's trying to tackle, like, especially in this one, like important topics. But it just did not work. So the past seven years have been really hard on Avery Adams after training her entire life to make the Olympic gym lap gymnastics team a disastrous performance ended her athletic career for good her best friend and teammate jasmine went on to become an olympic champion then committed the ultimate betrayal by marrying their emotionally abusive coach dimitri Mm -hmm. and this is kind of where the catalyst is so now reeling from that breakup with her football star boyfriend avery returns to her small hometown in massachusetts where new coach ryan asks her to help him train a promising young gymnast with Olympic aspirations. So you have this like previous abusive, emotionally abusive coach. Mm -hmm. um, And then you have everything that kind of happened a couple of years ago in real life with the Mm -hmm. Olympic thing. And it tries to tackle some of these things in this book. And it always is frustrating when a book tries to tackle something like so important, but it just, it misses the mark. And you're like, That kind of ruined it. Um, So yeah, it just, mm, it it was not good. Yeah, I think that
0: author might just not be good at that because that's kind of part of the problem with her other book that I read.
1: Alright, Survivor Song by Paul Tremblay which is mm, That one's on my list too <laughs> We both read this this year We buddy read it mm-hmm. and it was not good I was so excited about it It sounds so intriguing um, It's about this like rabies like virus that is spread by saliva um, except for this incubation period is super super short like in an hour or less people infected lose their minds they're driven to bite and in fact as many other as they can and I thought it was going to be more about that I thought it was going to be like these like zombies like more like walking dead Mm -hmm. but it ended up being about like these two women trying to more like their friendship and like one gets infected right at the beginning of the novel and then it's like can the other friend save her in time and yeah, it's just kind of like I
0: agree with you on that I,
1: give me the zombies give me the yeah. biting of the
0: people that's, exact, <laughs> that's, that, what that's I was exactly that's exactly my problem with it
1: <laughs> these next two are really really disappointing to me because they were on my most anticipated books of 2020 Mm -hmm. the first one being the two lives of lydia bird by josie silver
0: that's a DNF
1: for me (laughs) it is it was so difficult um it's about this couple lydia and freddie and freddie and lydia and they've been together for more than a decade and everybody around them their friends their family and each other of course thought that their love was indestructible Mm -hmm. but on lydia's 28th birthday they, freddie dies in a car accident on the way to her birthday party <laughs> so it is like super tragic but that all happens like i think it's even before chapter one i think mm-hmm. it's like the prequel or, or pre prelude or whatever it is called um so now lydia is obviously hiding indoors she's sad she's rubbing her eyes out and her friends and family are you know, as time passes, they're trying to, like, get her over the hump of grief and stuff like that. And her doctor prescribes her these, like, pills that she can take to get sleep and stuff because she's, like, lacking sleep. And then she kind of, her life splits and she gets to live a life where, um, you know, her old life where he's really gone, like, her real life where he's gone. And then a life where he never died. And you live out both of those, but one of them is not real so but there's good things that happen in both lives and bad things that happen in both lives but i just it wasn't it it was yeah it, it just didn't hit that mark yeah it did not <laughs> i think sometimes
0: with those types of books i always have like maybe in another life by taylor jenkins Reed, like on the big pedestal and they just never get there
1: yeah the next one the dilemma by b.a paris which i recently told you about about this big secret and I was like I would be so frustrated if my husband kept that from me so this one is about Livy's 40th birthday party and let me tell you it goes in detail about this woman and this huge celebration that she's having for her 40th birthday that she talks about how she tried to lose weight so so she could fit in this perfect dress and she looked beautiful and the decorations and the food and the setting and the in the like um, 10, it just like you're 40. Get over it, lady. Mm-hmm. Like, no one cares. <laughs> like, just have a normal birthday. <laughs> like, you do you, but like, I'm so bored. And then what happens is that the husband and wife are both keeping a secret from each other. So, Livy's secret that she's keeping from Adam. She's trying to wait until the party is over before she tells him. But that's kind of why she doesn't want her daughter to show up to her birthday. But of course, we know, like, first of all, it took forever for them to finally tell us her secret, like to her husband. Yeah. And then once I found it out, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, number one, that's so lame. And number two, like, you can't keep that secret from your husband or you shouldn't. And then his secret to her happens at the very beginning of the novel. And it's so shocking that they would even call this a secret. And he's determined that he wants everything to be right for her 40th birthday party. So he doesn't tell her. And I was like, I don't care what day of the year it is. Like, if this happens, you need to tell me.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you have these
1: two married people keeping these... Not small little things. These little secrets that they have are not secrets. Mm -hmm. They're huge, mind-blowing life events. (laughs) And you can't keep that stuff secret. It would be eating me away. And, of course, it is the husband because um, you know what his is, like I said right at the beginning. So the whole novel... He's debating, should I tell her? No, I can't tell her. Oh, my gosh. I just got to deal with this by myself. And, and I'm literally like, no, you really despise don't, despise that so much. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and obviously, if they would have told each other, like, it wouldn't have been a book. But mm-hmm. I don't think there should be books out there like that.
0: I agree with you, yeah. This is just
1: sending the wrong message. Okay, next up, no one's going to be surprised that knows me and knows the stuff that I read. Bunny by Mona Awad. It was really strange, and the ending upset me. It wasn't... it's not on this list because it was strange because I do like some strange things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the book, even if I don't fully understand it, um, I want to appreciate what the author tried to do. Mm -hmm. And in this one, I just felt like the rug was ripped from under my feet. And I hate when authors do that. Like, don't lead me down a path the entire novel thinking that the sky is blue. And then on the very last page, be like, ha ha, you're such an idiot. The sky is brown, or whatever. like, what? Like, it just makes me question everything. And like, the one part that I liked about the story, the whole time was this one thing. And then you're like, "Ha ha, it's not that and you're like, I don't know. But it's a dark academia, kind of cultish people say where this girl is at a college where there's this group of girls that call each other bunny. And it's like, this little clique of girls and she's always wanted to like know or like the you know, the rich girls and she gets invited to go to their smut salon. And then she kind of finds out like what they're up to and she kind of dives into their ritualistic sinister world. And the writing was very like smart. I felt like the author chose some like really interesting choices for her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also Samantha's in this writing program and so are these other bunnies. So I felt like I was almost like in this weird dreamlike state where the author was trying to write a story about what she was writing. Like I don't know. It was just- some weird thing and
0: i'm I'm really worried about it because it is on my tbr and i really i'm just nervous because there's been so many like some people literally just love it and some people despise it
1: yeah yeah next one normal people by sally rooney i read that this summer and literally nothing happens and the characters were boring
0: oh my gosh so Sounds like I the worst know. book of all time.
1: <laughs> so you have Connell and Marianne and they basically pretend not to know each other. He's super popular, well-adjusted star of this school soccer team. And she's lonely and she's like private and kind of quirky and you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they obviously have this magnetism that draws them together. Mm-hmm. Like even, you know, they'll date other people, but then they always like end up at the same party and sparks fly. But like, nothing happens. I just told you the whole book. So they had, they like each other. They're brought together, but nothing happens. And then they go off and they do something else. And then they, they're brought back together. So I'm like, is it a romance story? Is it not a romance story? Or like, what's going on? Are they getting up together? I don't know.
0: That's also the one that has like no quotation marks and like,
1: yes, grant,
0: like, right. Yeah. The punctuation is gone. (laughs) So
1: yeah, it says it explores the subtleties of class Electricity of First Love, and the Complex Entanglements of Family and Friendship. I got none of that, guys. So, (laughs) don't know what to tell you. And the last one on my least favorite list is a recent read, and it's The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Mm. And this is another one that literally nothing happens, and the characters were so boring so in this one it starts in france in 1714 um and this woman makes a deal with the devil she's always been told like don't something monsters after dark or mm-hmm. don't make deals with the devil after dark or something like that well she does because she's fed up with her life she doesn't like the direction that it's going and she's like look please do this for me and her wish comes true and because of that everybody that she comes in contact with her never remembers her like Ten seconds later, like if they leave the room and they come back, even if they were like sitting at her table with her talking and they were best friends, and they walked out of the room to like go to the bathroom or get a drink of water, or what, they'd come back and be like, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" Like she that's could weird. walk in dressing rooms and like the the dressing attendant would walk, you know, take them in with all these clothes to try on the clothes, mm-hmm. and she could literally put on a brand new outfit and walk out of the store with it because they're like, "Oh, thanks for visiting," because they thought like that's what she came in. <laughs> that's cool. They just totally I didn't want remember. that perk. <laughs> so. It was just like nobody ever remembered her. Mm-hmm. But this story takes place over 300 years. Okay, so from like the time that this happens, that's her life. That, mm-hmm. That's what happens. every, And you get so many instances of this happening, and you're like, okay, we get it. Nobody remembers her. Got yeah. it. Check. Got that after the first 50 pages, maybe 100, maybe 150, because that's how long it takes her to explain that to us. Mm-hmm. And then she walks into a bookstore one day. And she tries to walk out with a book or something like that. And then they catch her walking out of the store with the book, which is odd because that's never happened before. But then the next day she goes back to the bookstore and tries to return the book that she stole. Right. And thinking that she could to like get the money or whatever, because they wouldn't remember her, you know. And the guy that's working at the bookstore, like, are you kidding me? Am I being punked? Like, are you for real? She's like, what do you mean? I've had this book. Like, oh, my gosh, so this is a gift. And he's like, I just gave you that book yesterday. Oh. And she's like, what? Someone remembers me. So that part was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's taking a turn. I'm actually going to like it now. Yeah. Womp, womp. No, mm-hmm. no, no. <laughs> there was no connection at all. And I was like, no, no. So, yeah. That's it. That's where the the highlight of that book ended. So yeah, so a lot of bad books this year. I think these were more clear in my mind than the good ones were. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm excited to know what was on your least favorite so I can avoid them.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) So I'm gonna start out with this is definitely like the worst of the worst in my opinion. And the only reason that I read it was Because of a challenge that I had to do in December. Um, So I had to read the Sandman graphic novel by Neil Gaiman. And I hated it so much. It was so bad. Like if I could give it negative stars, I really, really would. And this like graphic novel is literally like nothing made sense. I literally had to search on YouTube for somebody to like go through the story and explain it to me because (laughs) I mean not only does it have everything that I would never read in a book I mean it has like monsters and demons and magic and old things and you know (laughs) just like everything I would never read about and then like the Justice League showed up like what? I I, was just really weird. Okay. Um, But yeah, so I had to have it explained because it was all like in really written really weird, like old English type of stuff, which like I already have a hard time understanding things that aren't just plain broken down for me. Um, So yeah, that one was really, really bad in my opinion. And my husband was like listening to The like, and my husband is like kind of a nerd, you know, like he loves like Pokemon and playing like video games and stuff like that. But he was listening to the explanation that I was listening to on YouTube, and he was like, "That is definitely some nerd shit right there." Like. (laughs) <laughs> that is so yeah awesome. that one was definitely the worst experience um but then I have and these aren't in a particular order I just like that one was the most recent one and I was like yeah, like I said they're real all bad, bad okay <laughs> yeah but then the next one is Heartbones by Colleen Hoover I'm so shocked yeah that's actually um like I a lot of these are I would say half of this list are one stars and half of the list are two stars. Like I don't give very many one stars out because I DNF books instead. But Heartbones I should have said that about my list. I had the one one star was Bunny. And mm-hmm. then all my other ones were two stars. Yeah. So Heartbones was a one star. And I would have DNF'd it, but I was doing a spoiler vlog for it. So I couldn't oh, DNF. Um, but this one I didn't like because it was a young adult book. I felt like it was really unrealistic. This person takes these like dead person bones that he found on the beach and doesn't want to report them to the cops and is like, nope, I'm not gonna do that because that's, you know, stupid. I'm just gonna do what <laughs> I want instead. And I was like, Yeah, yeah that doesn't happen. Okay? No. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't care. <laughs> no. Nope, that doesn't happen. Not some eighteen year old kid or
1: how uh, Yeah. He was like I, twenty or I don't know. Yeah, he was, it was young. they were young. Yeah. And so it's, so it was it's like literally no. just
0: like a it's one of those Young adult romances where it's like, oh my gosh, of course, the teenager, like, their life is just so hard. And like, oh my gosh, like, everybody <laughs> in their life has died. And so we have to read this emotional story that's not actually emotional because, I mean, I can believe it if it's like, I'm if, if, so if, hard if like right one now. story is like that, but it's like, there were so many romances that I read this year where it was like oh my gosh my mom died my dad is like a drug dealer nobody likes me it was like the same story where like just everything is like messed up and it's like no they're like just pick one thing just pick one please so did not like that I'm not really like a young adult fan of those types of romances then the third book I have is Survivor Song by Paul Tremblay and I yeah. everything you said is exactly like why I also gave it a low rating because I thought it was going to be action-packed I thought it was zombies and apocalyptic and no it was a character-driven story not Not exciting at all (laughs) (laughs) then this one I know people are going to be upset with me especially when I make my YouTube video about this but um (laughs) I'm thinking of ending things by Ian Reid worst book ever well not I mean These are all really bad. But (laughs) this one I didn't like because, again, it was very hard to understand. It was one of those... I mean, yes, it has an ambiguous ending and I do like those, but it's one of those books that everyone, when I finished it and I was like, I have no clue what I just read. Like, it doesn't make sense. And they were like, oh, well, you have to like sit and read a million of these articles and watch all of this stuff that explains it. And then you have to go back and you have to reread it again. So you actually know what's going on. And I was like, that's stupid. No, I am not doing that. (laughs) I refuse. So yeah, that's how I feel about that book. I did... Well, I did not watch the movie, but I heard it was bad. I heard it was really boring. So if I already hated the book, like there's no way I'm gonna go watch the movie, especially if it's boring, but I don't recommend it. I know some people loved the book and that's fine. They must just be way smarter than me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another book that I did not like, this one was actually from the beginning of the year was The Bookish Life of Nina Hill. For some reason, I feel like Gwen, you would love this book, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I didn't like it because it's one of those just like contemporary quirky character like oh my gosh like she's just like so quirky and like she loves cats and like I don't know like I, I just feel like you would love it because it was just like a cute <laughs> adorable character and I just thought it was super like she was just an irritating character in my opinion and I don't like quirky things like I am not just a oh I just want like a really you cute like book. me I'm quirky. <laughs> yeah but like that's real life I don't want to read about yeah, like this girl that's like, just so I don't have another word for it. Like, it's just <laughs> I'm just so quirky, like, hee. hee. like, She's no a little
1: special snowflake.
0: Nobody's like her. Yeah, I <laughs> so I don't know. I just really did not like it. I don't remember much about it. But I just remember not liking her as a character. And the whole book was about her. <laughs> um, and then we have love at first like by Hannah Orenstein or Orenstein or however, mm-hmm. um, which is the girl that wrote the book we were talking about head over heels that you didn't like Mm -hmm. and okay this one i thought i was going to like because of the concept and the concept is that it is about this girl who with her sister they own this like jewelry company and they kind of went viral online like with their instagram and stuff she was like trying on engagement rings and she like i don't know it is kind of weird how she would, like pretend to write up these like posts but they're not like real. Like she'd be like oh my gosh like i'm engaged or whatever and then she accidentally posts one so when she like realizes it's a problem it kind of like went viral and they started getting a lot of business from it and so she had to pretend that she was actually like getting engaged and she was like okay I have to find like a guy that's gonna pretend to get engaged for to me and then because like she was getting so popular and their store was going so well like companies would reach out to her and they would be like we'll pay for your wedding if you can like talk about us on social media and I was like oh my gosh like so it sounded like it would be a really great book but the main character was really mean and like really stuck up and like learned nothing through this process like she pushed everybody away and I just felt like that type of like when you're reading that type of story you think that okay there's gonna be you know like there's something that you you learn from it but instead like I ended up just hating the character at the end and I couldn't believe how far she (laughs) actually went like wow it was yeah it was not it was not good (laughs) um (laughs) then i actually have a taylor jenkins read book on here which is crazy to think about colleen hoover and taylor jenkins read are like two of my favorite Mm -hmm. authors and i have both doesn't it hurt you when you had to
1: put like your favorite author on like the worst yeah
0: so um i put forever interrupted on here which that one is I think it's her debut novel if not it's close to the very beginning and I thought I was gonna like this one because it is about a couple that only knows each other for a very short amount of time before they get married and they were judged a lot for that which myself and my husband we got married within six months of meeting so I was like oh I'm gonna love this book like I totally know what it's like to be in in that type of situation. Her husband, and this is in the synopsis, but her husband dies like right after they get married. Um, And so then the rest of the book is kind of like her trying to live without him. But there were just different things that I didn't like in there, I didn't think that it was written as well as her other books. Like I, I wasn't really brought to the emotion. I didn't like the characters. I didn't like the mother-in-law and I thought it was unrealistic. Um, what happened like with her and the mother-in-law later on at the end of the book?
1: Yeah, it is her debut, so you can definitely see how much her writing has improved between like now,
0: or then, and now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just didn't get like uh, I love her other books, and I feel like this concept could have been really good, but I just mm-hmm. didn't think that she. I don't think she had the write. character
1: development that she needed, and I think that, like you said, the relationship was like a really interesting aspect. I wish we would have saw more of that and less of the other stuff, and I think it could have been better, but the whole relationship ended so quickly yeah
0: um then we have the girl in 6e by ar tour and i know a lot of people were so upset that i didn't like this one but this is such a weird book
1: so I this loved is it. oh my
0: gosh this book is literally like a sex cam girl mm-hmm. and a weird mystery thriller thing mixed together yeah. and there's no way that a sex cam girl is just gonna go and solve a mystery before the investigators could so that was totally <laughs> unrealistic we're moving on from that then we have Dry by Neil Schusterman. Okay, can you guys, uh, there's there's a pattern here. I rate books low when they're unrealistic, okay? <laughs> but Dry by Neil Shusterman is also rated low Because again, well, number one, I thought it was boring. It was a YA novel. I usually don't rate those very high because I like totally, I'm not the target audience, I guess. But what these kids did in this book was not what kids would do in a book in (laughs) this situation. So this is about like the, I think it was the state of California or whatever, like runs out of water and then like the whole world's running out of water or whatever. These kids are like traveling and like doing cool things and being badasses. And no, <laughs> that's not what would happen. Um, and then last but not least, but we have My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. And this I actually, I think I ended up giving it three stars, but I put it on this list because I was just really disappointed by it. I feel like it could have been way better than it was. And that's why I put it on this list, even though there were, there were other books that like, I did rate two stars that I could have put on this list. But to me, I already knew they were gonna be like, disappointing, or I just knew they weren't gonna be good. So it wasn't like worth putting them on here. But My Dark Vanessa could have been done so much better. And I feel like it it was like a Stephen King book. Like the way it was written, was not written well. And I know there might be people that disagree with me, but like the topic is such an important one, and I would have loved to read a well-written book about the topic because I would have rated it five stars if it was written differently. Yeah. So
1: those are mine. <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting though because I have my dark Vanessa on my TBR, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ooh, should that be my next read? Because five of these books that she rated on her lowest, I all rated them five stars. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe that will be a five stars too. So that just 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 goes to show you guys that like obviously you know people are gonna have different tastes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so just because we don't like these books don't mean you won't like these books Mm -hmm. and that's why i try to give like a little synopsis to you guys so if it does sound interesting you can go ahead and check it out for yourself i do challenge you to let us know if any of these were on your favorites or are there some of your all-time favorites lists i would really love to know that just so we could see like how different everybody's tastes are
0: If you love listening to our least favorite books of 2020, then you need to stick around for part two of this episode, which includes our favorite books of 2020. Part two is out now and you can find it on your favorite podcast apps.